0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Inside Oversight, an official podcast of the Veterans Affairs Office of the Inspector General. This is your host, Adam Roy. Today, we're talking about opiate use disorder, specifically the transition of clinical care for veterans with the disorder from the Department of Defense to the Veterans Health Administration. The VA OIG evaluated this transition and published its results in a June 2023 national review. According to the report, opiates were responsible for approximately 75% of overdose-related deaths in 2020, and that veterans were twice as likely to die from accidental overdose compared to non-veterans. Also, in failure to identify and document a patient's known opiate use disorder history may place patients at a risk for adverse outcomes such as overdose. Helping me understand opiate use disorder, or OUD, among veterans and the findings, and ultimately the recommendations from this report, is Nicole Maxey, a nurse consultant with our Office of Healthcare Inspections. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks for being here. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, Adam, I'm great. Thank you. I'm excited to be talking to you.
0: Excellent. So before we talk about the report, tell me a little bit about yourself. What led you to the VAOIG and what experiences in your past helped you prepare for a topic like opiate use disorder?
2: Well,
1: Adam, you know a lot of individuals within the VAOIG have connections within the military, which is true for me as well. I have numerous family members on both my side of my family and my husband's family that have served in all branches of the military from World War II, and most recently, my brother just retired from the Coast Guard in 2022. And, you know, when I was in high school, I met my husband. His mother worked at the Sheridan VA, and his stepfather had just recently retired from the U.S. Army. I remember going with my husband to the VA to stop by and see his mom and seeing a sign at the entrance that states, the price of freedom is visible here. That phrase has really stuck with me throughout the years, and I've seen this ring true in not only my family and my husband's family, but also in veterans and their families that I've had the honor of working with. All that connection with veterans and the VA really had an impact on me, and I knew I really wanted a career to somehow help people. So I made the decision to go to nursing school to be able to fulfill that need and have been practicing for a nurse for over 20 years, primarily serving in mental health. I started my career in mental health nursing working in the private sector where I served as a mental health nursing supervisor for community mental health in four counties in northern Wyoming. I worked with patients struggling with mental health issues, including substance use issues, and was honored to have assisted with opening one of the first Suboxone clinics in Sheridan. For patients with opioid use disorder. Suboxone um, is a medication that's used to treat opioid use disorder. Eventually, I took a nursing job at a VA medical center where I served in a variety of roles, including the acute psychiatric unit nurse manager, mental health quality specialist, and mental health nursing triage supervisor. And I served in some other roles like data analysis and performance improvement. While working on the acute inpatient unit, uh, we assisted veterans with tapering off of opioids, also such as battlefield acupuncture and alpha stimulation. You know, through this, we also identified a need for suboxone treatment locally, and I was able to work with the supervisory psychiatrist with opening up a suboxone clinic at that VA. The continued experience that I gained from working in the VA set me up to further my career as a nurse consultant at the OIG. The OIG is really provided me with those new opportunities to conduct inspections FBA VA programs and services with the continued goal of improving
0: veterans' lives. That's perfect. It's great to hear those connections. Now, um, as we kind of transition into the report, let's first talk about OUD. What is opioid use disorder?
1: Well, Adam, in order to understand opioid use disorder, also known as OUD, I would also like to provide some context into what really constitute what an opioid is. So the National Institute on Drug Abuse identifies opioids to include the illegal drug heroin, synthetic opioids such as fentanyl, and pain relievers that are legally prescribed, such as oxycodone, hydrocodone, codeine, morphine, and others. As mentioned, opioids relieve pain, but they can also make the user feel relaxed or high which makes opioids highly addictive. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration, OUD is a substance use disorder characterized by a loss of control of opioid use, risky opioid use, impaired social functioning, tolerance, and withdrawal. So withdrawing from opioids can be extremely unpleasant and make it difficult for someone to discontinue. It's a lifelong chronic disorder that can lead to relapse, accidental overdose, and death. In fact, opioids are one of the most common drugs found in overdose deaths, and a diagnosis of OUD makes someone 13 times more likely to die by suicide, but this risk is even higher in the veteran population.
0: And uh, the transition from military service to civilian life can be challenging. Having a pre-existing mental health condition or problems with substance abuse must make that transition even harder. Can you talk a little bit about this?
1: I sure can. You know, VA has identified that in the first 12 months after discharging from the Department of Defense, it presents challenges with transitioning to the civilian life. That can be a very stressful time, and it's known that service members experience a difficulty with a sense of identity, financial strains, housing stressors, mental and emotional wellness, employment and education barriers, relationship changes and physical limitations as a result of their time in the military. For veterans who have an identified mental health condition, as you can see, additional concerns are warranted. These conditions may place a veteran at increased risk for difficulty coping and managing in stressful situations, which makes this transition period potentially even harder for them. Of particular concern, the known issues of substance mismanagement and suicide risk that may present during the transition period. So it's important to identify this vulnerable population in order to ensure the appropriate support and resources are available, including clinical intervention when appropriate.
0: And now focusing um, on the report, what brought about this uh, national review?
1: The biostatisticians in the Office of Healthcare Inspections developed a database that provided detailed administrative information for veterans who engaged in VA healthcare following discharge from their service in the Department of Defense, also known as DOD. As we discussed a couple of minutes ago, this transition period from military to civilian life is a period of high risk for veterans, especially those with a history of substance abuse. Our team was concerned to see many service members had OUD identified in the DOD medical record, but this diagnosis was not visible in VA data after transitioning their care to VA. This raised concerns for us as this diagnosis was available in the DOD medical record, which VA providers have access to. After additional research, we realized the absence of this diagnosis in VA's medical record could not only prevent proper OUD treatment, but could also limit the use of VA initiatives that were developed to decrease the risk of harmful outcomes associated with OUD.
0: Okay, so you and your team received and reviewed this information and data. And then from there, you identified a sample size to study, which uh, according to the report consisted of 1,783 discharge service members who had an active OUD diagnosis within one year prior to discharge from DOD between the time frame of October 1, 2016 and September 30, 2019. From there, you developed two patient groups. Can you describe these groups?
1: I sure can. I just want to make... A note for our listeners that even though both groups were from the same study population, a patient could be found in both groups. So for patient group one, we looked at veterans who had no OUD diagnosis identified in VA data, even though they had a diagnosis while in DOD.
0: In patient group two?
1: Well, in patient group two, we looked at all the patients in the study population who unfortunately had died since discharge from DOD up to July of 2021.
0: Okay, and I'll add, Nicole, that the report includes an infographic that really illustrates the two patients clearly, and I encourage those listening now to check that out. Now that you had these groups organized, teams reviewed patient electronic health records, documented evidence that showed that providers were aware of a patient's previous diagnosis and treatment of OUD. Per VHA policy, providers are expected, and I'm quoting from the report here, to evaluate and document substance use history when completing a comprehensive intake evaluation for service members transitioning their care to VHA. When information regarding OUD is identified, providers should document this information in an encounter note, a progress note, and the problem list, end quote. Could you describe what a comprehensive intake evaluation is as well as those notes in the problem list? How are these things used and what did you find related to the patients in in the two groups?
1: Yes, I'll go ahead and start with what a comprehensive intake is. Um, It's an initial evaluation conducted by a provider to document social and military history, health history, and health risk factors of the veteran. A provider would take that information and create the veteran's problem list, which is used in a medical record to assist with listing the active and inactive problems relevant to that veteran's health, including their diagnoses. This information is used by future providers to make clinical determinations on appropriate treatment. So, if important information is missing, a provider may unknowingly prescribe a treatment that needs additional consideration for OUD. Additionally, the veteran may benefit from medications or counseling for OUD. But if that provider is not aware of the diagnosis of OUD, these treatments may not occur. So getting back to group one, which were the veterans who had a diagnosis of OUD identified in the DOD records, when we looked at those veterans' first comprehensive VHA intake, we found that only 19% included documentation of OUD or acknowledged a history of opioid misuse. And then in patient group two of our review, which included veterans who had an opioid-related death, we looked at any VHA provider notes at any point in time of the veteran's care and found that 90% had a note indicating an OUD diagnosis or a history of opioid misuse. As I stated earlier about the problem list being critical for provider recognition of veteran diagnoses and problems, we looked at problem lists for patient group 1 and patient group 2, and we found that none of the veterans in group 1 had OUD identified in the VHA problem list. While in patient group two, which again were those patients who had an opioid-related death, we found that just over half had OUD identified on the VA problem list. So as you can see, our review really shows how critical it is for providers to have information about all the veterans' health issues.
0: Okay. And I know when I change doctors, I need to ensure or confirm my new doctor gets my records from my previous doctor. The DOD manages the medical records of active duty service members. How are VHA providers supposed to get access to their patients' DOD medical records, and what are some of the challenges or barriers to getting, to this, act, getting this access?
1: Those are some great questions, Adam. VA providers can access DOD medical records through a web-based platform called Joint Longitudinal Viewer or JLV. When our team was using JLV for our research on DOD data, We found it very time-consuming to navigate. We decided to send VA providers a questionnaire regarding their perspectives on using JLV to access DOD medical records. The responses we received frequently described provider difficulties using the JLV platform. We found that more than half of the respondents identified barriers accessing and navigating DOD treatment records. They also identified issues such as problems with navigating JLV, delays in information availability, inadequate search functions, missing information, and connection issues. We also found that 55% of the respondents reported receiving no training on the use of JLV. The VA leaders informed us that they expected providers to review the veterans' past medical history through JLV, but we found that there's really no national requirement for JLV training. There are on-demand trainings available, but with the lack of requirements for JLV training, it could result in inconsistent use by providers, which could in turn affect continuity of care for newly transitioned service
0: members. So what can happen to a patient if their history of OUD is not communicated to their current doctors? Can this affect the treatment VHA providers offer to their patients and their patients' health? Uh, Your report specifically mentions the risk of opiate overdose death and suicide, sadly.
1: Yes, overdose and death risk can be increased when a provider doesn't have access to this medically relevant information for clinical decision making. So if a provider has the knowledge of an OUD diagnosis readily available, they can offer OUD treatment and resources to the veteran. Also, they can ensure that opioid overdose reversal medications are prescribed. So for example, if a veteran intentionally or unintentionally takes too many opioids, this medication would reverse the effects of the opioid and therefore potentially save the veteran's life. Additionally, having this medical information can inform prescribing choices for opioids for this high-risk population.
0: Okay, and VA has clinical practice guidelines for treating patients with substance use disorders. Your report found that 44% of patients in Group 2, those that died with an identified OUD diagnosis by DOD, died by an opiate-related overdose. And then further, since February 2021, VA requires naloxone to be offered to patients with OUD. Can you explain what this medication is and why this is helpful for patients with OUD? And additionally, your team learned that VHA has a tool to support its distribution, but unfortunately your team learned that there was a concern with the tool. Could you talk about that too?
1: Yeah, as you mentioned, offering naloxone to all veterans with OUD is a requirement. Naloxone is a medication that can be given to a person who is at risk for opioid overdose. It works to temporarily reverse the effects of the opiate, so it can prevent an intentional or unintentional overdose death. This means that naloxone can be life-saving. Through our review, we learned that VHA uses a tool to support supplying naloxone. The tool is called the Stratification Tool for Opioid Risk Mitigation, also known as STORM. The concern with this tool is that it only includes veterans who have an OUD diagnosis documented in the last year. So if OUD is not documented in the last year by VHA providers, this tool would miss identifying some veterans with OUD who need naloxone.
0: Gotcha. So to summarize, the VA OIG identified some opportunities where VA could improve prescribing practices for OUD-related medicine and how OUD is treated. What were the report's overall recommendations, and do you want to highlight a few of them?
1: Well, Adam, our team made five recommendations to the Undersecretary of Health. These included identifying provider barriers when documenting OUD in the medical record, including problem lists. Other recommendations were specific to provider training on the use, navigation, and retrieval of DOD treatment record information. We also recommended an evaluation of provider barriers to access and use DOD medical records and evaluating and updating process for identifying veterans with OUD. We really felt that all five recommendations are critical for not missing this important diagnosis. Missing identification of a veteran's OUD diagnosis can have adverse outcomes, even including death. Each of our recommendations speak to a certain element to ensure this diagnosis is not missed. And we really encourage listeners to read the full report for more details.
0: What was VHA's response to the recommendations?
1: VA did concur with all of our recommendations and developed action plans to resolve those recommendations within the next nine months. I'd like to speak about a couple of those action plans. One of the action plans focuses on a technical solution, That would identify when a VA provider does not document OUD on the problem list despite that diagnosis being found in the DOD medical record. Another action plan includes VA developing JLV user guides that include step-by-step provider instructions. And again, the full report has further details surrounding the action plans.
0: That's excellent. Thanks, Nicole. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add?
1: Thank you, Adam. I would like to add that veterans face many challenges after leaving military service, and there's an increased risk for veteran suicide within that first year after discharge from DOD. This really put a spotlight on the importance of identifying and documenting OUD to ensure a safe transition of care and linkage to treatment options within VA. Something from a report you and I haven't talked about today is that we found that 20% of the veteran deaths in group two were suicides. While we couldn't identify if opioids were a contributing factor in these suicide deaths, it is concerning because OUD risk factor for suicide. I do think that the actions that VHA is implementing will help to ensure that this diagnosis is identified and will save veteran lives.
0: And that's great. And for those listening today, what do you want them to remember? You know, what's that, what's the big takeaway here they can walk away with?
1: We want to make sure that all providers are aware of OUD to ensure that this vulnerable veteran population get the care they need. Even if we prevent one death, this report will have reached the people we really wanted it to.
0: Thank you again, Nicole. Appreciate you being here today. For those listening, check out this report on our website. The title, Review of Clinical Care Transition from the Department of Defense to the Veterans Health Administration for Service Members with Opioid Use Disorder. We published this report on June 21st, 2023. That's it for this episode of Inside Oversight. Find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check out Veteran Oversight Now, another official VA OIG podcast. Thanks for tuning in.
2: This has been an official podcast of the VA Office of Inspector General. Inside Oversight is produced by the Office of Communications and Public Affairs and is available at va.gov forward slash OIG. Please subscribe and tune in monthly to hear how our work is helping to improve the lives of veterans. Visit the website to learn more about how the VA OIG conducts meaningful independent oversight. Report potential crimes related to VA, waste or mismanagement, potential violations of laws, rules, or regulations, or risks to patients, employees, or property. To the OIG online or call the hotline at one 800 If you are a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255. Press 1 and speak with a qualified responder now.